Welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies. Bosco and I have a very special episode for you, and you will hear Bosco let you know how special he thinks it is about mid-podcast. My guest today is Rachel Vindman, and we get into all the news of the week. What a week. And Rachel has good advice, as ever, for those of us feeling frustrated and a little helpless about what we can do to protect democracy. A bit of housekeeping. All the recipes for the podcast and links can be found on my Substack newsletter at marissarothkopf.substack.com, along with a giant archives of recipes and stories of American kitchen history. Um, You can support my work with a subscription for $5 a month, or if that's not possible yet, you can subscribe for free. Either way, I am grateful for your support. You can also become a member of the Deep State Radio, which comes with a host of privileges, along with special subscriber podcasts. Enjoy the show. Here we are. Welcome back to The Secret Life of Cookies. And I say welcome back because it's been a couple of weeks now. I've had a luxurious vacation and um, this and that has happened. And now I find myself, yay, back with one of my favorite human beings, Ms. Rachel Lindman, the host of the Suburban, one of the hosts of the Suburban Moms Pop, the podcast, and also the podcast. Um, I would also call you basically a generally decent human being and upholder of good things and an activist. (laughs) Thanks, Marissa. Wow. I mean, I, I, I couldn't ask for more. Um, it is such a pleasure to be back with you. Uh, unlike the other times I've been a guest on your show, though, I'm not baking anything much to my family's dismay. Uh, but I can't wait to hear what you're making, and then maybe I will have a chance to make it later. Um, I think you've had a very busy week from what I've been seeing Indeed. in your yes. in your in your in, in all of your different feeds. And I think you've been yes. cooking for the majority of what I would call the Maccabee games, but you pronounce it differently. Um Maccabee is fine. I mean there's a lot of uh we, we've had a lot of discussions about is it Maccabi, Maccabee, Maccabea. I mean we could go on and on. But all right. but what one one thing or the other, would you just explain to the general populace who are not as lucky as us to know what they are? Yeah, so it's kind of like the Jewish Junior Olympics. Um, it's a really fun program. They have them all over the world. And now we do live in the Fort Lauderdale area. If you didn't know, the women's moved to Florida. I know, that's weird. We're in a very progressive area. And we have a great uh, Jewish community center, also known as the JCC. And we are hosting the Maccabi Games right now. Um, actually, they just finished for everyone yesterday. But... Uh, your, J- your your JCC is not yes. the f- entire Vindman family, although it feels that's that way. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> um, our family is, we agreed to be a host family, so everyone knows how this volunteer <laughs> thing works. When you're like, sure, we can host two. And then they're like, could you go up to four? And I'm like, sure, we could go up to four. We ended up with seven. Um, and that's just, that's volunteer math. Everyone knows. <laughs> I can come volunteer for an hour and the next thing you know, you've been there eight and you're coming back the next day. Totally. So 
Um, and it's been lovely. We are hosting six girls from Team Great Britain. Uh, two soccer players or footballers, as mm-hmm. we call them. And then four dancers. And the math on that is pretty interesting also because there's double the number of dancers and like, I don't even know. It's exponentially higher drama uh, for the dancers who are very sweet girls. And it's been lovely, but they require a lot more, um, you know, hair, makeup, like logistical support, let's just say. And they've been um, it's it's been a lot so on the first day, I'm sorry, I'm going on and on. On the no, no. first day. But you're a dance up. mom. This makes you a dance I am. Oh, no, Alex and I are like, we're absolutely dance parents. <laughs> so on the first day they were dancing, they insisted they had to wake up at 4.30 a.m. And Alex and I tried to talk to him. But the great thing about teenagers the world over, they know everything. They do. It doesn't matter where they're from. And I'm like, at one point I said, well. I, I am just a mom. I do not have the wisdom of a teenager. So if you wake up at 4.30, I will wake up with you and make sure you have what you need. So that's what I did. But Alex and I tried to suggest you have to be there at 7 a.m. and you don't dance until 1. Do you think in that six hours you might have time to do your hair and makeup a little bit? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They would not have time. So we're like, okay, I just said, I'll wake up with you. So I did. The footballers, by contrast, are like, uh, wake us up like 15 minutes before. And I was like, how about 30? Because I'm going to make you eat breakfast. But um, it was great because I was able to uh, make banana blueberry muffins from scratch um, and used my time to be up with them to do that. So that was something. Except I had to make some without bananas. So some of the girls do not like bananas. Because when you have... We have six. We had one girl from New York City. So when you have seven teenage girls, it is really hard to accommodate all their likes and dislikes. And then we had some like Jewish uh, dietary uh, things going on, but not like the full deal, just like traditional. So um, it's been an experience, uh, but a lovely one. It's always nice to welcome your home to um, different people and the teenagers have been really lovely and they've enjoyed the experience, which has made us enjoy it. And every day, Alex and I started off our day going to the soccer game. And then in the afternoon, we would spend it inside and dance and, uh, but it was air conditioned. So that was a score there. Yeah. And it was lovely. And we became dance parents and I'm not much of a soccer person. So I also feel like I learned something about soccer as well. And, um, and who better to teach you than the Brits? Exactly. That's what my my husband, the Englishman, would agree with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, it sounds like a lot of hard work, but it it sounds like there was a lot of positives in there, too. Yeah. Oh, no. So, so fun. We're so sad they're leaving. And um, we had a huge, like, Friday night Shabbat dinner last week. And then tonight, we're going to make our own pizza and watch a movie, which is also sometimes our that tradition as well. That is such a nice, that um, is such a nice American thing to do as well. Yeah, we usually have family movie pizza night on Sunday nights, where we make pizza. And we started this when we lived overseas because um, my husband really likes New York style pizza, and it's essentially hard to find overseas. You know, but, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of smart things about your husband, and this just makes him <laughs> like a lot of things I respect him for. But now I just, if it's possible, I respect him more. Of course, he likes what I call New Jersey style pizza. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was almost like, where can you get good pizza 
in DC or something, and someone was like, "Drive to New Jersey or New York." <laughs> yes, you hang out with smart people, obviously. Fair, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sure my brother Dave would be like, "No, there's one good pizzeria on such and such," but he's, he probably would. He pro- he would know because he's a New Jersey boy, and we have to we have to find it wherever we are. Um, I should text him right now and ask him. Um, <laughs> But I, I am just to take a step back. I am currently. Um, I know you are a big lemon fiend, and I've done two. Mm-hmm. I've done one lemon thing that I did last night over here. Everybody, I'm stepping uh-huh. backwards towards my stove, and I made these soft, um, short, kind of soft shortbread cookies. It's a big pan of them, and then I lemony, and then I t- top them with an even more lemony, creamy icing. <laughs> oh, that sounds divine! And it's like little buttery squares of cake, and they're sort of. They're really, really, as your Brits would say, Moorish. They're very Moorish. Um, one does tend to eat more of them. And today, um, you know, I'm just, did I mention I'm just back from Italy? <laughs> yeah. So I'll be cooking today with olive oil, which is very popular. In, in, uh, in, yes. Yes. I've heard. <laughs> and I'm going to make um, uh, an olive oil ricotta ricotta cake I, everyone is now hung up on this podcast and they're like that pretentious twit i'm just being <laughs> funny guys ricotta because i'm from new jersey ricotta. Yeah. um ricotta cake with blueberries in it and oh my goodness you being lemon lady um would make it with lemons but all my lemons were used for that so i'm making this with lime and the most and i'm just going to point out that the most important step for all of this is that I grated about 35 pounds of lime zest into the sugar and I've mixed it all together so all the oils get oh, all over the sugar. It smells like heaven. It smells so good. And um, right now while we're talking, I'm going to do sort of sort of penitent, penance where I'm going to – I have a paper cut on my finger and I'm going to now squeeze lime juice so that we can use it in the cake. So um, I think really that's a good time to get into um, living in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, limes, it's kind of a theme for Florida, limes, key limes. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a really great segue. I I do live in Florida now. I've had, uh, just I was texting with my podcast co-host yesterday about Florida. Mm -hmm. um, Because they were like, I mean, you know, periodically they send me things of like, what the heck is this? Uh, You know, some Florida news. And I think of you almost every day. That's just been the best. <laughs> so I've been getting out in the community more because I've been going to all these games and I've been meeting people and, you know, volunteering and um, different things for the games. And I suggested to someone, uh, they were sort of complaining. I mean, full disclosure, my daughter does attend a private school here, <laughs> uh, but the area where I live is a place where a lot of people moved uh, like further west because uh, they wanted to have better public schools. So the public schools are are really good. Right. Um, but the uh, there are people who are, you know, a little bit appalled because there have been some school board meetings and um, we live in Broward County this week. And, and actually, the school board pushing back, but, you know, Moms for Liberty, they're they're not for liberty, but that's what they call themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they I are see that happening things. a lot around. You <laughs> yeah, know? I know. <laughs> I also find that countries who call themselves republic or democratic are generally not. So it's like exactly. kind of 
along that vein, right? But um, I'm, they, catching, I'm catching on to there being a theme with that. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's a theme. And so, you know, I was talking to someone about the school board meeting, and I said, once I have all my furniture, we're almost there, but I still have a few more rooms to be delivered. It's very echoey in my house because of this. But just, you know, once we kind of really get into a routine, I said, I'm going to have start, you know, hosting events at my house and kind of, you know, organizing people of, you know, moms of what we can do. And this one person said to me, oh, but I vote. All my friends vote. I'm like, girlfriend, that's not enough. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have to step it up. Voting is like the bare minimum anyone does right now. That's just not okay. Like you can say, I mean, I'm in Florida, you know, Maui is burning Florida. Today, we only have an excessive heat watch, not an actual warning. And people were celebrating it. I mean, we're setting records every day and not just here. It's not just Florida. It's all over the country. So if I'm like, the world is metaphorically, and if you're in Maui, like physically on fire. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I drive an electric car. Okay. Yeah, I don't really think that's going to cut it. We all need to do like a lot more. And that's how I feel about voting. So I'm glad that you vote. I think that's amazing. So you're registered. Do you know how to vote? Now we got to get other people to vote. And we have to explain to other people what's going on. And can I also just say, Marissa, I want to, this is a bit of a mea culpa. Um, Sometimes I'm like, to my friends, and I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what's going on? I don't, how do you not know what's going on? Well, I have been taking care of seven children plus mine um, for the past week, and it's a lot, and I've been busy, Mm -hmm. and it is, and that's only been for a week. And if I had four children to go to different places all the time, or or more, more, two, three, whatever, it's really easy. It's also takes energy that a lot of people don't have because it can be really hard to process. So you you can just want to look the other way and not look at that. I get it. I get it even more now. Right. But we have to, we still have to get those friends involved. So we still have to bring them in. And I know they don't want to be, but I think everyone's realizing now what happens when we don't make sure that our voices are heard. And, and, and so it's uncomfortable and a lot of people don't know how to do it, but, you know, just get together, even if it's just with one or two other people and figure out what you can do and how you can talk to your friends. And I, Red Wine and Blue is a, uh, an organization that I work with. They produce my podcast and I do other work with them. And, you know, we have a lot of great uh, resources on our web- website, redwine.blue. Just, you know, we also host a lot of events of, talking about how to talk to your friends, how to organize people in your life and, mm-hmm. um, you know, help them bring them to that point. So, but again, I, I must say it is really easy to get caught up in it and, and let it take a back seat because you just don't want to think about it, but we cannot do that with anything again, with climate, with our, you know, with, with politics, with all the things, right. it's overwhelming, but we have to figure out what we can do. Yeah, I think the only way that we succeed is by all of us who are concerned 
um, either, even if it's a little inkling of concern, right? Where you're like, you only have that much time to have that passing inkling yeah. of concern. Yes. You need to take a little more time and get involved. Um, and I don't mean that in a finger wagging way. I mean it as much to myself as I mean it to anybody Absolutely. else. Yes. And yeah, I, I was having a conversation with my friend earlier this week. Hi, Liz. I know you listen. You're the best. I love you, Liz. Um, and we were talking about like, so what can we do in that sort of tone of voice where it's like, Uh, And I think uh, Red, White and Blue is a very good, um, is a great organization. And I think it's a good place for us all to get. I I think they're very good because they kind of give us the the boost that we need and the tools that we need to kind of learn how to get involved as well as actually be involved. Mm Um, and you can like choose your own adventure. You don't have to run for school board. No, you don't have to like stand out with signs or even there's there's so much you can do. But some of it just starts with like talking about these things that we don't talk about in polite society with people. And, you know, just just bringing it up because we have to. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had this experience. I, I definitely have a like after the Dobbs decision of like people talking about their abortion experiences and like like very casually and you're like, oh. you know, even me like, oh, OK, we're going to talk about this. But, you know, to open themselves up and talk about it is such a huge thing and for people to make themselves vulnerable and they realize they had to do that to normalize it, to give other people permission too, so that they could kind of reconcile all the feelings that they might have about it and um, and to also put a face on what it really like looks like to have to make a decision like that um, for whatever reason. But it's it's bold, it's it's powerful, and I know it's not something that we've always done, but we are in extraordinary times, and that means we have to change mm-hmm. some of our social norms. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And I think it's about time. We've, you know, we've made, um, like, I don't, your daughter's a little bit young, but things like sexuality are so, for like kids, my my kids' age, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say that in English, but you know what I mean, Um, are (laughs) a lot of S's. Well, you have been in Italy, so that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Take um, sexuality and decisions about sexuality as absolutely just what it is, right? Like mm-hmm. air, like it's just, yeah. it's just a thing. Um, uh, just like I like chocolate and he likes vanilla. Yes. It's, it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I might, but my, no, my daughter, I wouldn't say correct. Sometimes she corrects me, mm-hmm. but you know, when I'll say something and she's like, and then I guess it is a form of correction. And frankly, I think this is the problem that a lot of people who are very anti-sexuality talk they are upset that their children have a different view than them and they're upset that they want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. they also don't want to feel judged or corrected by their kids. And I feel like so much of what they do comes from that place of like they, they're they just mad that, that their children would dare to correct them. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I think, you know, pa- parents are... Which is not easy. Can we all agree? Like, I, you know, I make a lot of mistakes. I hate for my child to point it out. Me too. And especially since I, tr- <laughs> I try so hard to be perfect and try so hard yeah. to be ahead of the game. But so it does hurt when they're like, are you kidding? Yes, um, yes. Um, I really, but maybe that's, that's how we move forward. 
And that's it is. sort of it the is. point I was making is like, we, we, if we, we talk about sexuality in such beautiful open terms now that mm-hmm. things like abortion also have to be discussed that way. And yeah. every other single thing, um, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot going on. I, I realized today my, my great epiphany, uh, my great ridiculous epiphany. I mean, my great silly, my great statement for today. I'm just going to make it great. Okay. I'm not making excuses. I'm not supposed <laughs> to apologize. Don't apologize. Okay. Sorry. I um, <laughs> is, um, it used to was that we would use the weather as a discussion, like to tamp down a discussion and be a change mm-hmm. the subject and be like, oh my gosh, well, let's talk about the weather, golly gosh. Mm-hmm. And that would be something that we used to, to create um, a more uh, amenable conversation between people. Not anymore. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's such a great observation and so true. Yeah. yeah. That's not, we cannot pivot to the weather too, yeah. especially this summer. No, not this the, summer. The no. people who, I think now there are people who actually admit that the weather is changing and the climate is changing. Now they're finding a different set of excuses to, I like that Bosco has some thoughts about the weather too. Well, I'm does. glad because and, it's actually like the animals and the earth that are trying to evict the humans. So I think they're onto something. I think that's probably where he's coming from. I think that's a um, lot of where he's coming from. Also, yeah, there's a white but, van parked outside. And I think that also is Okay, it could be that it. But I mean, think of like the carbon emissions of that van. But uh, so people are having to like do the mental gymnastics that you see of like Supporting Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or, you know, and they they're, they do that with the climate change as well. And I say no quarter. Don't let your foot off the gas. Keep pressing. Don't even indulge that because you see where that got us with Donald Trump. Like, keep pushing. Keep saying the truth. Keep confronting them with the truth. Do not indulge these absolute fantasies. Absolutely. It, and it's there's so much... Um, such an embrace of conspiracy theory right now um, that it's conspiracy theory belief is, has become the norm as opposed to something that's an oddity. <laughs> but, you know, like, well, I've lived in a lot of countries where there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And someone told me, a political scientist that wasn't my husband, I don't remember who the <laughs> person was, but um, they basically said something to the effect of this is what happens Conspiracy theories, particularly that involve the government, are what happens when there's really people don't feel taken care of by the government. People feel like they're they're compensating for something. And and I think we have to admit that is very much what's happening for a lot of people in the United States. And, And I mean, you know, I see a lot of this on social media, the lack of tolerance, because that really is the point of social media is like a complete lack of tolerance yep and uh this idea that oh you you're not happy well i've never been happy either and i mean okay but this is where we are we have to come to some kind of agreement and we have to say like i know i think it's ridiculous that white men feel this way like get over yourself okay but um, in the meantime, we all live in this country together, so we we kind of need to figure it out, even if I find it 
particularly distasteful myself. I mean, I'm not going to lie to them and I'm not going to indulge them, but we have to figure out how we're going to make it work. Right. I mean, maybe that just means that we insist upon them and tell them like, you're the minority. And I'm going to keep reminding you that those views are the minority until you accept that you cannot have your way on every single thing. And this is the reality. And maybe that's it. But again, it has to be something. We have to have something um, to figure it out. Yeah. And I think um, we have to be able to have that discussion and just keep, you're absolutely right about keeping, reminding people about like what the situation is. And maybe a lot of the talk really is that sort of therapy, Pising talk, which is, mm-hmm. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hear you, I think, may need to be followed by, but we have to accept what our reality is, whether oh, it's climate, that. whether I'm a white man, whether, you know, whatever. Um, I'm teaching evil books in school or whatever I believe is happening. Like Shakespeare. Oh my God, that man was filthy. He really was, man. actually. He was. I mean, and that's what made him appealing to people. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Even in like the 16th century. So, exactly. Like, and that's why when you're in high school and you're forced and you have to read Shakespeare and you're like, holy smokes, I can't get this. And then you, uh-huh. you have a good teacher who's like, but this means this. And that yes. Yeah. And this refers to genitals or whatever. Um, that makes it more interesting. Right. My daughter I mean, knows everything China, about Roman history. Because uh, because she had a middle school teacher who was like, okay, so Cleopatra gets herself naked and then gets wrapped up in a carpet and sent to Caesar. And my daughter's like, what? You know, and, and every every teenage boy was also like, what? And those kids are not going to forget that. And they're maybe really interested in those things as they go forward. Anyway, that's a bit of a digression into the sexuality of Romans and maybe a vaguely inappropriate middle school teacher, but whatever. But, you know, I have to say, if you've ever worked with kids, like my my best friend growing up, her dad does like he's totally into history and he will go into like the local middle schools and do a talk about Lewis and Clark and he dresses up and talks about one of them and their dog, Seaman. And so you can imagine the kids like, but you know what? He oh, has the dog's their name was, he was named, the dog's name was Seaman. Yes, like, I know. Was, man, was, you know, and I don't know which one it was, but I mean. But I think it was Meriwether Lewis. But the point is, like, he has their attention and they're listening and they're not like, there's something to be said for that, right? So, like, some people do know what they're doing yeah. and you can't, like, ban the word semen. Even I mean, but there are people who, who well and truly would do that these days. Like, yeah. that would be something that they would object to. Even though it was spelled um, not like semen. Yeah, like a seafarer, like exactly. a man who was on the sea. Exactly. I, mean, I think it was a Newfoundland, too. I said sort of pointing at my half Newfie. Yes, though. yes, I think so, too. Yes, he's a Newfie. Um, I'm about to put the cake in the oven. It looks quite delicious. Ooh. You can see little bits of flecks of lime. I, everybody, I'm showing it to Rachel. Um, and I'm going to put Can't confirm. She <laughs> can't confirm actual cake. She's really doing this, people. It's not BS. Um, like so many other things, like speaking of BS... How's that for a segue? Um, you know, it's. I know you haven't been following the news this week, but did you see that Orlando lost a district attorney? I did. <laughs> so I actually did see that. I mean, that's what my podcaster, uh, they, they texted me about that. And I mean, not only does Ron DeSantis not like powerful women, he really doesn't like powerful women of color. And 
he also needs a bit of a boost and some attention because he's not doing so well. Because turns out his particular brand of fascism just isn't really going down with Mm-mm. most people, the, uh, certainly with the crowd he's trying to attract. And I I do uh, – I just want to say as a sec- – like the people uh, – as an aside, mm. the people who are financing him and are now being like, well, I just need him to not be so extreme. I'm like, is this your first day here? Like, what What did you think he was? This is like what – I mean, he's been this since, since the beginning. He's always been crazy like this. So you say you want him, but you, like, had no idea what you were buying, I guess. I don't really know. But – in any event, um, no, I completely yeah, so agree with fired, you. So he removes uh, he removed an elected official from office. Second time though, this is the second yes. time he did. He did it a year ago in he did March. It, yeah, he did it before with a guy named Andrew Warren, I think. Yeah. Sorry if I get yeah. it wrong. And I was reading a little about that story or that case because Andrew Warren then tried to sue him and tried to get his job mm-hmm. back, and the judge agreed. That it was completely unconstitutional that he was removed from it, that Andrew was removed from his, the district attorney was removed from his job, but also said um, it's a state issue. Mm-hmm. And um, next week I'm going to have Dave Arenberg on, who's also a district attorney in, um, down there, down your way, down Florida way, and I'm going to really uh, grill him on how this is possible. The the note um, that really stuck out to me, and I haven't heard it get enough play. But with the Andrew Warren case, the judge pointed out, like had in front of him and said, oh, yeah, the DeSantis campaign or the DeSantis had fired you. It seems to be on purpose because there's a memo here showing from the campaign how many more hours of coverage they got because they fired you. Mm -hmm. And so it's... it, it's such an obvious and disgusting grab for attention that I don't know. I'm sorry, not everybody realizes what a Shonda it is. You know, like what a. Yeah. A, a, but I mean, it's the thing is, you have to pay attention. You have to know. And and can I just say, as a member of the Vinman family, when you allow someone to get by with something, and they get by with it, a person like Ron DeSantis, a person like Donald Trump, really any kind of bully mm. or someone who is attempting a power grab, um, you know, authoritarian like tendencies and behaviors, uh, they will try it again. And because he got by, DeSantis got by with this twist. Yes, now? Yes. Now he just tried it again. He's gotten all the publicity that he wants for it. Um, really good publicity. And again, this time it's a woman and this time she's black and they just love that. I mean, there's so many people who we know where this is coming from, like good, bad or indifferent. We should, we should admit it and call it out. That's where you don't, you don't shy away from the facts. And he's trying it again for those reasons because of the publicity that he got for it. That's what he's trying to do. It's part of his campaign for president and. It is appalling, but we, I mean, this is the part where I, you know, this is actually the subject that made me say to someone, it's not enough to vote. We have to do more and we have to show support for these elected officials. Mm-hmm. We, that woman really needs the support. I mean, she already has said that she's running for, um, she will rerun 
for rerun for the office, um, which is a freaking shame that she has to rerun, but whatever. But I mean, look, they took away that vote. The, the people that voted for her, Ron DeSantis has taken away their vote, just like we know that Trump was trying to do for January 6th. Just yeah. like, yeah, but just like he did when he was trying to influence the election in the perfect phone call by extorting, uh, you know, Zelensky, President Zelensky. I mean, way back when. It's been like four years ago. I now. remember that. And yeah, yeah I, I remember it too. Mm. And uh, not at the time. I didn't know about it at the time. Just to be clear. Yeah, no, no, no. At the time, right, right. I knew. I learned about it when everyone else learned. The about repercussions. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I learned about it when I had to help my husband find an attorney. But whatever. Um, it was a little bit before you guys. But the uh, this behavior, it just continued. It continued. It continued because Donald Trump's singular goal was to win re-election and it was at anything possible to the point where when he lost he then tried to steal it and that's just the playbook that you see over and over and you have to draw the thread not to like beat a dead horse but you have to see it's this and this and this and this and you see Ron DeSantis trying to do the same thing but the way they do this is then when the people speak out and the people vote, they just try to take that vote away in whatever way they can and make it not matter. And that's when people lose faith in democracy. When they lose faith in our voting process, that's the steal. When they say stop the steal, it's a distraction from the steal that they're doing of truly stealing the will of the people. But it works on both sides, too, because it works yeah. for those of us who are firm believers in democracy. And we're like, well, mm-hmm. if that can happen. But it yeah. also oh. is what feeds the people who show up at Jan- the January 6th You're at right. the Capitol. They see a possibility. And so they're like, and they, okay, and they say that democracy, it doesn't work. Look at that. They've stolen an election from Donald mm-hmm. Trump. And that's the, br- the I'm sorry to say it, but the brilliance of their plan. I mean, whoever yeah. is Ron DeSantis's new campaign chief for this week, I guess, um, must have been so happy to be able to break into the news cycle that was all Trump this week and go, mm-hmm. look at the great thing, in quotes, yeah. great to me, um, great thing that <laughs> DeSantis has done. He's really a leader while we have this other guy, you know, who's, and this is one of the things I, I did want to bring up with you. Um, if you and I perhaps would like to go into the business of creating like designer skips for mansions. <laughs> so, you know, some general officers and admirals, they live on bases. They have skips in their homes um, that's provided so that they can go in there and check their email and have conversations. But yeah, I love this, that they're just going to build one. Um, like I'm sure like it's, Clarence Thomas could use one on in all of his vacation homes. And probably a mobile yeah. I was just gonna say it's for his mobile home. Yeah, yeah. For his mobile home. It's something that he could take with him on his luxury vacation. Yes. Yeah, um yeah. there must be something. I don't know. I only know about it from a military standpoint, but I know that like like four star generals at least, they would travel with like a whole comms person that could help them set up secure communications right. um, if necessary. And the president obviously as well. Uh so I assume the vice president, presumably. So this this does exist. Um we could look into it. Definitely a nice 
But I mean, uh, why shouldn't there be like the skiff suite at like the Four Seasons <laughs> and we can like decorate it in whatever the trendy colors are with comfy chairs. I mean, it doesn't need to be some yeah. cold place. It doesn't. No, we can. It could It could definitely be elevated. I, as someone who has spent more time than I, I want to admit decorating my new home, because it's essentially just a totally different style from the colonial we lived in in Virginia. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's been a... I, I feel qualified now. And, Definitely. Because uh, you can maybe, get the grasp of all the different styles. And yeah. we, I guess we need to include a toilet in each one. <laughs> gold, gold. Gold toilet gold. in honor of the, we can get the trunks. It's skip. hard because I feel like the gold toilet and maybe like the matte brass is a little bit more you could do transitional uh-huh. or it could work with a couple of different things. But like a pure gold, I mean, a gold toilet that's like more like the gold and, and shiny. Mm. I think you're pretty limited on like what style that that works with. Uh, Yeah, that's I mean, but I will say like brass and that is certainly making a comeback, but uh, it's harder. You're going to have to go way more modern slash contemporary for the gold or just straight up like Versailles. Like. I, th- I think those, I, we think we're going to have a very good kind of lookbook for skiffs. I mean, we could, I think because a lot of people do live in like the Washington, D.C. area in a lot of old colonial homes, I think we'd like to imagine what George Washington's skiff would have looked like. Yeah, it could be like a... a- I don't know. Like whenever they do those pictures of what George Washington really looked like in real life, not the painting, but you know, the, like, yeah. the thing that he's like, and this is what his skiff would have looked like if he had had a skiff. Um, I really think we're onto idea something now. for Trump <laughs> and for like, I mean, for those of you who might not have seen the news that Trump yeah, asked the judge to make a skiff now so he can look at these documents that he took and he did not have a secure place now he's asked the job if his attorneys can do it and they can like and a skiff is a secret compartmentalized um i don't know it's a place where you can look at secret documents i don't i don't know this um and uh yeah that's a good point i should have pointed out initially that that is the secure area yeah it's a secure area where you can look at secure or um in my situation when we lived in moscow Fun fact uh, is like we wouldn't we wouldn't even have like conversations about finances, not like not like tricky finances, but just if we needed to talk about big expenditures or things like that, I would go to Alex's office and we would have it in a secure area because we didn't want anyone to think that we had money issues where they could um, that it would be a potential for them to. Uh, you know, offer money for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they exist everywhere. And um, it's the, I, the, but the, the idea that Donald Trump admits now that he <laughs> did not have a place to review these documents, but hey, can we build one? It's just really remarkable. Um, at, but it's like they don't even see the irony in it, though. That's what's crazy. Not at all. I don't think he has a great sense of irony. I think it's really, he asks for things and his lawyers are like, this is the stuff that I wish people like, and this is what's so hard about these cases with Trump, I think is so many people don't understand the implications and they think it's like an inside baseball, like DC thing. And then he dumbs it down and, and tries to explain it or explain it away in such a manner 
that people just it goes over their heads and they just assume it's, you know, people out to get. I mean, his supporters think that, right? Mm-hmm. That it's right. just people out to get him. But then also I think other regular people don't necessarily understand how absolutely horrible, uh, you know, his crimes really are. But that's maybe the benefit of the three and now possibly a fourth indictment coming soon mm-hmm. of like, dude, where there's smoke, there's fire. You cannot have this many cases. I mean, I think a regular person knows. Like, if you have a friend who's indicted and they say they're innocent, okay. Second one, like, eh. you know, I think by the fourth one, you're like, maybe maybe there's something to this. I don't know. Like, I might need to sit down and really think about this. And I think there are people who are doing that. That's why I think the strategy is, is pretty smart. And, you know, you've had enough cases. I know you're a lot of your your friends, the sisters-in-law group, and they really explain this so much better than I could because they're attorneys and judges and yeah, experts. Law, but uh, yeah, lawyers, all these <laughs> things. But they, but I think even a regular person can kind of understand that it's when you have all of this, it's not just for fun. That there is a, a strategy here, and um, it in terms of accountability and justice. It's, it's just so important to the future of our country going forward that we are able to have this, it, that it's mean it, that we're able to have this for all of us. I, I, I feel that um, the January 6th indictment especially is um, where he really and truly is shown to have tried to take away democracy, right? And, yes. And, and our democratic rights. It's been um, hard for me. Was it hard for you to read some of that stuff? Really? I mean, it, yeah. it's hard because... It was surprisingly emotional to me. And it was... Uh, I completely agree because as much as we've known and we 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 could all have written like a term paper about why it was wrong, actually yeah. seeing it in this, uh, the black and white of... And, and it was actually worse. Like everything was a little bit worse when you see yeah. that they, like, they really planned this all out. Um, I want to create some sort of... I guess like schoolhouse rock sort of um, video of um, and I'd like it to go viral, please, on TikTok and so everybody and, and, and on Facebook, every um, where all the older people are. Really, I was going to say definitely Facebook. <laughs> um, to sh- explain why what he did was wrong in really clear language, yeah. that he was trying to subvert your vote. And I wouldn't use words like subvert, even though it has a lot of things that rhyme with it and be fun. <laughs> um, if you're making up a song, um, subvert, pervert, course of justice, you know, we got yeah, We yeah. can do, really do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I'm not sure every single person understands the gravity of what occurred. The, 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 yeah. It's, it was really though that like that memo about the uh, I've never committed a crime but I would like to say like I would not probably make a plan like plan it out and write a memo um and I have to say I missed the first there are apparently three memos and I did miss the first two but that third one I read it in New York mm-hmm. Times reporting and it just I read it late at night cuz again I've been busy and <laughs> but you it just time. was like a sucker punch it just like <laughs> It just felt like someone just because I'm like, he really did just try to steal this like mm-hmm. my vote. And, and you know, that that election was obviously 
very personal. And Alex and I both worked very hard, way outside our comfort zone in terms of getting involved in politics. So these are all the things that were running through my mind. And that relief that I felt when they finally announced that Biden won and that all that time when I was relieved and they were plotting and planning yeah. and I was thinking about there was a memo in December and all through December. And I just never would have thought that in the United States of America. And when you see it all laid out, it was this is something I actually think people really can understand and can get of like, you don't just, let's say you think you're cheated by a business. Mm -hmm. Then do you go and like steal their equipment in, you know, the middle of the night because you feel like they, they cheated you. So you're going to go take something of equal value. Like these are the kind of things you have to think, what do you do in real life when, when someone even treats you wrongly, which didn't happen. But let's just say you feel you, there is a process. But it's not even I, to me. It's, it's to me. It's not even that he was like, "Oh, I've been cheated." Deep in his mind, in his mind, he was like, "No, I want to be president." Yeah, I don't no, want, absolutely. I'm, <laughs> Maybe to avoid going to prison. I mean, as we know now, as like, we know now, right? So it, it, it's something even worse than like they did something bad to me, so I'm going to do something bad to them. It's just like that was I. I don't. I don't like that answer. So I want to do it my way. Yeah. I mean, and and that is just... Because I don't believe, no matter what anybody says, that that guy's like, oh, I've been cheated. Mm -hmm. No. I think no. he was just like, no, I want to be president again. This is horseshit. Everyone knows. I mean, all the testimony, if you can see from the, uh, all the, remember the January 6th committee? Mm -hmm. I mean, there were person after person after person that said he knew he lost. He right. knew it wasn't stolen from him. He just thought he was going to take it and it was going to work out for him. I mean, it's mind boggling. I mean, it is still so like, how do you, how, how does this happen? But uh, I think that, that also the disbelief that it was even possible that we could have such a bad actor that we would have someone like that in our country is still something that people have to really wrap their minds around as well, because it's not something we're used to. So no, I exactly. Think if he tried this, that it was like legit. No, it wasn't legit. Nothing. Everyone knows person after person after person. But you see the people who have hitched their carts to his horse and now they can't extract themselves. They don't know what else to do. And so they just say nothing or they continue to go down this path. Yeah, I mean, I, as I, I posted on Twitter this week, I really can't wait to see what they have on Lindsey Graham, who said this week, and I don't know if you missed this, but Lindsey Graham was like, I think it was on Sunday, he said it in, in you know, so wherever he was, he had some sort of speaking to people and he goes, yes, well, um, I really like Donald Trump and Donald Trump really likes himself and that makes for a really good round of golf. That sounds like Mad Libs. I like him. Like, he likes himself. I was like, spell yeah, it out, sister. I mean, yeah, like that is. Um, <laughs> back to uh, maybe uh, touching on our previous conversation. Perhaps it's good that we allow, our, we have a younger generation that allows people to be themselves and to live their true selves and not twist themselves into 
really horrible situations because they don't have the freedom to live their life the way they want to live. I mean, I don't really care who you love. Mm -hmm. Just be your true self because it's freeing. And it makes it to where you don't owe anyone except yourself something. I mean, okay, I know you owe other people, but the way you choose to live your life is is yourself. That is what you owe to yourself and that kind of respect for who you are and a belief in yourself. And when that doesn't happen, we see people that do horrible, horrible things in order to gain acceptance. And that is something that our younger generation has figured out in in such a big way. And we could all look at them and learn from them. Um, Because I I know I can't. I mean, this is a lesson I have to tell myself. Like Mm -hmm. I, I mean, my goodness, how do I end up like hosting seven kids when I said I would host two? And and sorry, it's been a great experience. But I think, you know, like it's a tendency to say yes, you know, for so many people in our generation. Mm -hmm. Like this is where we prove our value and our worth. And um, I don't think that's what I've done this week. But in other times I have said yes to things that I didn't really want to. And it was more of a prove something to someone else and not what I wanted to do myself. But I do think that the younger generation, who who I know to be very loving and very open with their time and talents and energy, but also they have respect for themselves, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I hope that at some point Lindsey Graham finds that. But, you know, whatever that someone has on him is really unfortunate because he's allowed it to... To completely Ooh, warp himself. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's completely I mean, warped it's, who he is. It's, it's this he, he, used to be, he used to be a Navy lawyer. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but there's so many people, so many characters who have lost them themselves in Donald Trump, um, both national figures and, you know, and then I think smaller local people who, um, you know, like maybe your neighbor or family member who have lost themselves in this whole thing. And, Donald Trump, they might love Donald Trump, but Donald Trump loves himself. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about Mr. Comer this morning, uh, Representative Comer. Is he a senator? I don't really know. Um, But I don't have a lot of respect for him because he's in the middle of trying to, even though he has acknowledged that um, they haven't found anything on uh, Biden, they're still going to keep investigating. Yeah. (laughs) So there's him. And then there's the Tommy Tubervilles of the world. Who I, I should let you go soon because I'm sure that you need to bring a welcome basket to Tommy Tuberville now that he's in he now that <laughs> yes, he lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. Aren't you part of the yeah, welcome wagon? <laughs> yeah, he 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 doesn't have anything to lose. Whatever he ruins the Alabama economy, no no sweat off his back because he's playing for another team. Um, I like to use sports metaphors for him because I don't think he understands anything else. But actually, he wasn't really that great of a football coach. So I don't know how many sports metaphors he understands as well. And I think the really unfortunate thing about Tom Rishabville is he's really just dumb as a fucking rock. I don't know if I can curse on here. but um, okay. Especially when but talking about him. Yeah, he's really, really, really stupid. But I'm um, just, you know, I mean, there was a whole controversy when he was at Texas Tech that his wife, um, you know, she was drunk and she either injured or killed someone. I'm, I don't want to say. I, I have read about it, but and, and she got off like scot free, but she was drinking and driving. And um, I don't. Yeah, I, you'll have to Google it yourself. I mean, I did, but I haven't had a lot of sleep recently, so I can't remember. <laughs> but then also. 
just this lack of accountability for so many people that we put up on a pedestal. And, um, but as a football coach, he wasn't really great, but now to know everything he's doing that he's lost. Is it space force? I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. a very good former military. SpaceX. Spouse, yes. 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 So it's space force. Space, it's space force. Yes. And he's lost the headquarters for Alabama, which would have been, you know, huge job creator. And, but because of his nonsense and, you know, if this is not, I'm sorry to our white men who are listening, but I'm married to one. So and me too. Uh, but yeah, so I'm just gonna say like, he got bad advice from someone that's re- this is really what happened. He got bad advice. He painted himself into a corner. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't know how to get out. That guy was fired. He says he quit, but he was really he was fired. He, he said yeah. that Tommy job could do this, which he, he essentially can do this. But it's hold up all the military promotions, but it's a problem. And not this week. So before I had all the girls uh, for Maccabi, I had my friend from Virginia and her family of six who was visiting. And she tells me, um, and she was like my neighbor and good friend. And, um, and she's like, well, we're having coffee one morning. She's like, I guess I'm going to plan Chris's promotion. He's going to get promoted in August. And I said, oh, no, he's not. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, Congress goes on set on vacation like tomorrow mm. and they didn't approve it because of Tommy Tuberville. And I mean, she knew it was being held up. She didn't realize like it was totally being held up. This is my very conservative friend. So I was very happy to go through everything and explain everything to her, which I, you know, um, and it was a very enlightening conversation. I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier about talking to people, meeting people where they are. I explained mm-hmm. it to her. Also, can I just say their family, their family of sick, their military family don't have money to fly everyone to Europe, but they took a space available trip. They went to Europe her, with all their children. She had never been to Europe before. They went to Germany and she was just raving to me about Germany, about how their towns are so clean and the roads are so nice. And I said, who do you, how do you think they pay for those things? Um, I'm just, mm-hmm. and, and we had, and she's a very intelligent person, a trained attorney, like, I mean, you know, but we had a great conversation and I met her where she is. And I know she walked away thinking about those things. And we talked about when you say no socialism, but look how Europe uses their socials. And they may use it for things that you don't like, but they use it for a lot of things that she saw and admired. A town with a, a you know, a, a small but beautiful like Main Street, a high street, you know, where you can get all like the butcher and the baker and the flower shop and, you know, all these things, a clothes store. How do they get that? Well, one of the reasons is they have health care for everyone and everyone has a pension and a retirement. So people have more freedom to have the jobs they want. And this is something that middle America complains about, but they don't realize that this still exists in Western Europe. You know this very yep. much. It still exists there, but they don't know it because they haven't been to see it, but it's actually quite functional. It's exactly what they want. And the reason they have it is because it is a collective society that pulls the money together for certain things that Americans spent a ton of money on and have really, quite frankly, inferior versions of those, even though it costs us more money. Absolutely. And I think it takes... Um one, it takes uh, the experience of one of like your friend to go to one of those countries and I don't know, chip a tooth or break an arm, God forbid, or whatever, like some minor thing and show up at the hospital and have fantastic care taken of them. And Mm -hmm. then they, it's for free. 
And someone just needs to hand them a little card that says, this is what socialism Mm -hmm. gives you. It doesn't bring you marks. It doesn't bring you angles. It does, you know, this is, you know. Yeah, it just looks different than it's been demonized. It's been used. It's been it's a pejorative. It's all these things. But that's not what it is in reality. And more people have to see it. But, you know, I mean, it's it's not easy to take the time or money to go to Western Europe for a large family. um, And they were able to do it in a unique way. But it is unfortunately something that's been really politicized and it's a scary story, but that's just not what the reality is. Also, she just couldn't get over the Audubons, which I lived in Germany for two years and they are incredible and the roads are nice and the villages are clean and Mm -hmm. there are some problems in the city and there are some trash in the big cities and all that definitely exists. It doesn't exist like it does here guys. And I just, I'm here to tell you it's, there's a big world out there. You should get out there and meet people. That's why the back, bringing this back full circle to the Maccabi games and the girls that I'm hosting, I told them on the, you know, on the first night we were having dinner, I said, what do you think is so great about this is you're going to meet kids from all over the world. They all happen to be Jewish, but you're going to see that you're more alike than you are different, which is something I talked about the first time we ever, I was mm-hmm. on your podcast, but this is the experience that you're having at a young age. It is invaluable and take the time to see all this and take it in. And it's going to make you better, you know, more better members of your Jewish community, because you're going to see how you're interconnected with the world for Jewish kids all over. It's going to make you better citizens of your country of just because you've had these experiences and you can see that people really need to figure out how to work, how to live in our countries and our communities and our world together, that we can make this all work if we work together and we stop being so segmented and segregated. I couldn't think of a better way to draw this podcast to a close. I didn't plan this at all. I know, but it's really well done. See? But I mean, it, that's the thing is we're all interconnected. I mean, you really we're, can. That's, connect it. We, we are all interconnected. And I think the other thing I want people, us all to take away from this, especially myself, is going to um, Red, White and Blue and seeing how I can become more active and, you know, in, in my local community, because I think that's how we start to take back and educate yeah. people, mm-hmm. like take back people into like thinking about really, truly what America is about and what we can do um, mm-hmm. and what real democracy is. Um, and yeah, uh, be, being willing to meet people, like you said, is really important. Um, and soon I'll have cake and cake is important, too. <laughs> But a uh, different I couldn't kind. agree more. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, bake I love a nice the cake. Substitute. Bake yeah, a cake. Yeah, bake a cake. Sit, bring some friends over, have a little coffee clutch, and um, talk to people. Yeah, I can't think of anything better, actually. Um, it's as ever a pleasure to talk to you. I think you get Same. to take, uh, I think everyone would agree, you get to take a morning nap now. I think you can just. <laughs> It's, you get your little morning nap. You get to like um, lay on the couch. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take a shower first, but then I think I am just going to read a book for a minute and enjoy the quiet in my house because the girls are gone today. Exactly. And I, um, yep. So put, put your oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. I used to be a flight attendant, so I couldn't agree with you. It's a you, story for another time, Marissa. We'll get into it later. 
I always want flight attendant stories. I've wanted them since I was a kid. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, we're going to do the flight attendant version very soon. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you. And I'll All talk right. to you soon. Have a great time. Take care. Say hello to everyone. Okay. Will do. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at NatSec hobbyist that's like national security hobbyist but abbreviated and listen to her podcast the suburban woman problem you can find me at marissarothkopf.substack.com or at marissarothkopf eats on instagram and if you're hanging around on threads sure why not give me a follow at marissarothkopf eats thanks and have a great week